From Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 26, The Hellish Planets, Text Number 11. Yetriha Yatai Vamuna Vamuna Vihimshita Jantavaha Paratra Yama Yatanam Upakatam Ta Eva Ruruvo, Ruravo, Budva, Tata, Tam, Eva, Viham, Vihim, Santi, Tasmad, Roravam, Iti, Ahu, Rurur, Iti, Sarapad, Ati, Krura, Sattvasya, Padeshaha. In this life, an envious person commits violent acts against many living entities. Therefore, after his death, when he is taken to hell by Yamaraj, those living entities who are hurt by him appear as animals called Rurus to inflict very severe pain upon him. Learned scholars call this hell Rodava. Not generally seen in this world, the Ruru is more envious than a snake. Purport. According to Sridhar Swami, the Ruru is also known as the Bara Shringa. Ati Kururasya Bhara Sringakya Sattvasya Apadeshaha Samgya. Shulajivika Swami confirms this in his Sandaba. Ruru Sabdasya Swayam Muninaiva Tika Vidanal Lokesh Vaprasida Evayam Jantu Viseshaha. Thus, although Rurus are not seen in this world, their existence is confirmed in the Shastras. Okay. <clears throat> Text number 12. Evameva maharorava yatra nipatitam purusham kravyada nama ruravastam kravyena gatayanti ya kevalam tehambaraha. Punishment in the hell called maharovra is compulsory for a person who who maintains his own body by hurting others. In this hell, Ruru animals known as Kravyada torment him and eat his flesh. Purport, the animalistic person who lives simply in the bodily concept of life is not excused. He is put into the hell known as Maharorava and attacked by Ruru animals known as Kravyadas. Text 13. 
यस्थ वग्र पशून पक्षिण वाणता उपरंधायति थम अपकरुण पुषादी विगाहिता अमुत्र यमुचर कुंभिपाक तप्तले उपरंधायति उपरंधायति For the maintenance of their bodies and the satisfaction of their tongues, cruel persons cook poor animals and birds alive. Such persons are condemned, even by man-eaters. In their next lives, they are carried by the Yamadutas to the hell known as Kumbhaka, where they are cooked in boiling oil. Yastriha Brahmadruk. सकाल सूत्र संज्ञके नरके अयुत योजना परिमंडले तम्रमाये तप्तखले उपरी अधस्ताद अग्नि आकाभ्यम अतिथप्यमाने विनिवेशिता छुट पिपसभ्यम च दोयमानंतरबाहि शरीर अस्ते शैते चेष्टते वतिष्ठति परिधावति चयवंति पशु रोमानी तवदवशसहस्राणी the killer of a brahmana is put into the hell known as kalasutra which has a circumference of which has a circumference of 80000 miles and which is made entirely of copper heated from below by fire and from above by the scorching sun the copper surface of this planet is extremely hot thus the murderer of a brahmana suffers from being burned both internally and externally internally he is burning with hunger and thirst and externally he is burning from the scorching heat of the sun and the fire beneath the copper surface therefore he sometimes lies down sometimes sits sometimes stands up and sometimes runs here and there <laughs> he must suffer in this way for as many thousands of years as there are hairs on the body of an animal this hope is a small animal yastri have i nijaveda patad anapadya apagataha pakandam chopagatas tam asi patravanam patravanam praveshya kasya kashaya praharanti tatra hasavitas tato davamana upayato धारायस तालवनसी पत्रायस चिज्जमाना सर्वंगो हा हतोस्मीति परमाया वेदनाया मूर्चिता पदे पदे निपतली निपतति स्वधारमा पकंदानगतम फलम बुंते फलम बुंते दिस इज़ द फ्रूट्स दैट यू एन्जॉय राइट Yeah, this is how you suffer, actually. See, bunkte is. Oh, here's yeah, but bunkte means to enjoy, right? Suffer or enjoy, yeah. If a person deviates from the path of the Vedas in the absence of an emergency, very important point. The servants of Yamaraj put him into the hell called Asipatravana, where they beat him with whips. When he runs hither and thither, fleeing from the extreme pain on all sides, he runs into palm trees with leaves like sharpened swords. Thus injured all over his body and fainting at every step, 
he cries out, Oh, what shall I do now? How shall I be saved? This is how one suffers who deviates from the accepted religious principles. Purport. There is actually only one religious principle. Dhamam tu shakshat bhagavat pranitam. The only religious principle is to follow the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Unfortunately, especially in this age of Kali, everyone is an atheist. People do not even believe in God. What to speak of following his words? The words nija veda patta can also mean one's own set of religious principles. Formerly, there was only one veda patta, or set of religious principles. Now there are many. It doesn't matter which set of religious principles one follows. The only injunction is that he must follow them strictly. An atheist or Nastika is one who does not believe in the Vedas. However, even if one takes up a different system of religion, according to this verse, he must follow the religious principles he has accepted. Whether one is a Hindu or a Mohammedan or a Christian, he should follow his own religious principles. However, if one concocts his own religious path within his mind, or if one follows no religious principles at all, he is punished in the hell known as Asipatravana. In other words, a human being must follow some religious principles. If he does not follow any religious principles, he is no better than an animal. As Kali Yuga advances, people are becoming godless and taking up so-called secularism. They do not know the punishment awaiting them in Asipatravana, as described in this verse. Omagana timidandasya gananjana salakaya chakchurun militam jena tasmaye shri guruve namaha shri chaitanya manobhistam stapitam jena bhutale Swayam rupa kadamayam didati svapadantikam mukam karoti vachalam pangum langayate garim yat kripatamaham bande shri gurum dinatarinam. So we're continuing our tour of the hellish planets. Uh, when I was a teenager, I decided that the hellish planets didn't exist. Uh, <clears throat> just somebody's idea, somebody's imagination. And uh, if I didn't believe in it, then it shouldn't exist. <laughs> I don't accept it, therefore it shouldn't exist. But um, Bhagavatam tells us otherwise. The Bhagavatam is a, a very um, amazing experience because And this is why the Vedas, just in general, are so important, is because uh, 
they reveal information that isn't readily accessible to us in our experience. We're not able to experience many of these things. And of course, you know, the ignorance is exemplified in this mentality. Oh, I haven't experienced it, so it can't exist. Right? I haven't seen it. It does, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. And so therefore I reject it. And then in rejecting it, I somehow have done away with it. <laughs> but of course, you know, and we experience, you know, just in life, we experience events, reactions. We're always getting reactions. Some are good, some are bad. You know, and what's the cause of that? You know, why one day um, everything is peaches and cream and then the next day it, it's all, you know, a bed of thorns. So why is that? What is the cause? And this is what an intelligent person thinks. What is the cause of my suffering? And, and, and you, we see that with Rupa Goswami when he's approaching Lord Chaitanya. You know, his first question is, People tell, you know, his statement was, is it Usanatan? I think it was Rupa Goswami. And he says to Lord Chaitanya, people t tell me that I'm an intelligent person. I'm an elevated person. And, and Rupa and Sanatan, Rupa and Sanatan Goswami. The, the, the Goswamis in general came from Brahminical families, and especially Rupa and Sanatan, highly influential. Huh? Highly influential personalities, serving in the highest echelons of the, the um, government of the, of the day. You know, Rupa and Sanatana Goswami were like the, 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 the premier and the treasurer of the state. Of the state. This, this is the level of, of influence and power that they had. Directly serving the Nawab, right? the, 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 the Mohammedan ruler, right? So, so he's saying to Lord Chaitanya, the people praise me for being such a learned and powerful and influential man. But why am I suffering? If I'm such an exalted personality, why am I suffering? Right? So an intelligent person will ask, why am I, you know, why do, or you, there was a book written in the 70s, was it, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? Well, the Bhagavad Gita tells us the reason why bad things happen to good people is because they're not good people. <laughs> right? You don't get these kind of reactions if you're so-called good, Right? There's karma, there's vikarma and akarma. For, for those who are on the transcendental platform, who are performing akarma, that means activities that are free from material reactions, they're really good. But in the, in the, in the material world, or in the material, you know, in the general scheme of things, karma means doing things that are good, positive, which will, get a, which will bring about a positive reaction. And there's 
V-karma or activities that bring about bad reactions. Bad karma. And even the Christian, you know, in our Christian teachings, as you sow, so you shall reap. It's, this is not a very difficult concept. To under, these are not very difficult concepts to understand. So, you know, if, if you're getting, if we're getting reactions, bad reactions, that's because we did something similarly to others and we're getting the reactions. Bang, back, ouch. And, and you know, the laws of karma are very intricate, difficult to understand. And so the Bhagavatam lays out these descriptions to warn us, <clears throat> inform us. Here's what happens if we engage in certain types, because there are activities that are highly unrecommended. Right? Do not do these kind of activities because if you do, you know, committing, creating inconvenience for others means in the future you'll be suffering. One of the features of a devotee, one of the feature characteristics of the of a devotee, the characteristic of the of the gopis, characteristic of the cowherd boys, characteristic of Arjuna, Krishna, all of the devotees, their mood is one of compassion. Even the Bhagavatam, you know, uh, the ignorant will say, "Oh, don't tell me this." You know, I prefer to be. You know, ignorance is bliss. You know, which is really foolish. Right? It's foolish. So Bhagavatam is compassion. Right? And so it's warning us. Psst. Wake up. Wake up to what you're doing. Of course, you know, in this day and age, people don't want to believe in bad companies. So therefore, you know, oh, hell, oh, what an outdated... What an outdated theory or what an outdated philosophy. This is, you know, this is something that people believed in the past. Right? But just because you'd like to think or we'd like to think, oh, this is, I don't like this, so therefore ignore it, uh, uh, is foolish. Right? It's foolish. Uh, the Bhagavatam informs us. It, it, that's compassion. Compassion is to awaken the living entities to the reality. That's what the Bhagavatam is all about. What is it? Uh, distinguishing reality from illusion. Right? The material energy is illusory. Uh, uh, like, what is it, it's in the beginning of the Bhagavatam it mentions, like uh, fire seen on water. Is it fire on water? Does it mention that? Or land on water? Can't remember. But, you know, there are certain, just like, you know, you see the mirage, especially in, especially in Australia. 
In South Australia especially, you drive down these long country roads and you can see off in the distance and then you see the mirage and it looks like water's on the road. You know, middle of summer, there's absolutely no possibility of any water being there. But if you look in the distance, it looks like water on the, on the road. But it's a mirage. There's no water there. The, the, you speed up to get to the water, but it just keeps, it, goes, it, it moves forward and then it goes away. You think, hang on a second, what's that? Material energy is like that. It appears to be one thing, but then when you get there, it's something else. Right? It changes. It's endlessly mutable. This is its falsity. Right? The material energy is real, but it creates these illusory forms that are always changing. Nasato vijate bhavo, na bhavo vijate sataha. The second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, of the Temporary, there is no endurance. And of the permanent, there is no fading away. Right? This is the nature of the soul. So material energy is like always creating these illusory forms that we're chasing after, thinking we'll be somehow happy as a result of possessing some... But the Bhagavatam warns us, no, don't do it. The Bhagavad Gita warns us, don't do it. And if you do, here are the consequences. Right? There are consequences. As you sow, so you shall reap. And so therefore we're suffering. Nobody wants suffering, but it it keeps on coming. Right? And, and of course there's a reason for that. That's because the material world's not the place that we should be in. You know, this is not. This is the foolishness. We should be out of here, not sticking around in the material world. Because practically speaking, it's impossible not to perform some sinful activity. Or perform activities that are without reaction. Uh, akarma. Um, that's why the devotees concentrate on on service, jagya, sacrifice, right? where in all of the activities are performed really for the pleasure of Krishna. Whether it's looking after our families, or looking after the temple or looking after our business or or whatever, all of those activities are performed with the motivation of there being a benefit for Krishna, not for ourselves. Idam Krishnaya idam namama. One of my favourite slokas. This is not, this is for Krishna, this is not for me. Namama, not for me. Right. Although, you know, we, that ahamamete, that I and mine mentality is very difficult to overcome. Right. So Bhagavatam's warning us, perform these activities that inconvenience others, that cause distress 
for others, that ignore our relationship with the devotees, with the brahmanas. Huh? Uh, or here in this particular case um, uh, and it's interesting here it says yastvi havai nija veda patad Anapadi apagata pakandam. Now, uh, it says if a person deviates from the path of the Vedas in the absence of an emergency. So that's interesting. What that means is you can deviate from the path of the Vedas. You can, but in an emergency. Right? Uh, uh, here, and Prabhupada says, an atheist or Nastika is a person, one who does not believe in the Vedas. Right? Um, in 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 the um, is it the eighteenth or the seventeenth chapter? Eighteenth chapter, I think. Uh, we get the the qualifications of a brahmana. Samo tamasta paso cham chanti marjavamivacha gyanam vigyanam astikyam brahma karma. Sabhavajam. This is the karma or the behaviour of a of a brahmana, right? Person influenced by the mode of goodness, and and it's mentioned astikyam, and astikyam means one who follows the rules the, the, of the Vedas, follows the guidelines of the Vedas, right? And, and this is the importance of the, the Vedas are like the manual of the universe. They tell us, here's how you perform your activities according to the modes of material nature that we've acquired will be influenced to act in particular ways and here's the guidelines for each. And, and, and so this is, the, this is the purpose of the Vedas. The Vedas are the guidebook, the manual that instruct us how to utilize the material creation, how to use our existence. They give us our purpose. Right? And the purpose is to get to to realize our spiritual identity and to get out of the entanglement. This is how you get rid of suffering. Get out of the entanglement of material existence and the confusion that comes therewith by following the prescriptions. Right? It's like when you go to the doctor and you've got, you've got an illness, you've got a disease. You go to the doctor to get cured. Right? So the doctor tells you, take this medicine 
you know, eat twice a day or once a day, whatever. So you follow the prescription, you get well. Or follow the diet, you, you get well, right? Um, Um, so the Vedas give us these, you know, give us the, give us the instructions. Nastikyam means one who doesn't believe, doesn't follow the instructions. Astikyam means one who does follow. And of course, you know, if you follow, you get the benefits. If you don't follow, here's what happens. You end up, and, and it's interesting, there's even a concession. There's a concession for those who uh, follow what's considered a concocted religious system. Right? Even if you follow the concocted religious system, you're better off. Right? They're not following anything or not even following the Vedas. Right? And, and, and also there are, you know, you can... There are circumstances where following the Vedic injunctions may not be done in an emergency. So there are some circumstances in emergencies where it's not required. But Prabhupada says right at the beginning, the real uh, prescription is follow the orders of Krishna. Right? Dhamam tu sakshat bhagavat pranitam. Religious systems can't be created or concocted. They are, they're eternal. And they come from God. Come from Krishna, ultimately. And, and the vehicle through which they are presented is the Vedic system, is, is the Vedas. So, you know, Kali Yuga is an emergency situation. So, not so many rules and regulations. Main rule and regulation is chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> right? But of course, along with that, there are other many, many, there's quite a few prescriptions, right? And we follow them. If, if you want to be relieved from material suffering and you want to realize your spiritual identity, which is the real purpose of life, then we need to have a proper understanding of things. Right? Krishna, Krishna mentions to, to Lord Brahma in a Brahma Samhita. Right? And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur explains that uh, we, we need to understand our sambandha. We need some basic sambandha jnana, which means understanding the chit and achit shaktis, right? The separated conscious and unconscious energies, right? Which means understand the living entities and understand the uh, material energy. Bumir, apo, bumir, what is it? Apo, nalo, vayu, kamano, buddhirevacha. Right, seven material elements. And there's a combination of all of these. The modes of material nature and so many things, right? But we need to understand 
the sambanda or the relationship of all of those things to who? To Krishna, to God, and our relationship. Right? And then abhideya, practice, our practice, what do we do? And so the, our practice is basically the nine items of devotional service, ravanam, kirtanam, vishnu, smaranam, padasevanam, vandanam, dasyam, sakyam, atmanivedanam, the nine processes of devotional service, right? Hearing, chanting, meditation, deity worship, etc. Offering of prayers, so many things, right? All described by Rupa Goswami, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur says in his purport to these verses at the end of the Brahma Samhita. He says, this is all described by Rupa Goswami in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. That's why the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Prabhupada, put effort and time into translating that book because it, it tells you how to practice bhakti right. and and bhakti um you know enthused by uh, this understanding and executed uh, through these various processes of devotional service bhakti sanasvati thakur says this is the equivalent to the search for the Supreme. This is the search for the Supreme, right? So we need to know these things. We, 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 or we need to practice these. This is, uh, in this day and age, dharmam tushakshat bhagavat pranitam, the religious principles that are to be followed in this age, uh, revealed by Rupa Goswami. And who's Rupa Goswami? Uh, Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam, Stapitam Jena Bhutale. Rupa Goswami understood the mind of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, and so he revealed. And, and all of this for the benefit of everybody, out of compassion, right? Um, Rupa Goswami revealed all of this information, how to surrender. So these are the religious principles. You know, if we don't know what the religious principles are, they're not very difficult to find and to understand. Uh, but as Prabhupada says, unfortunately, in this age, especially in this age of Kali, everyone is an atheist. So they don't believe any of this stuff. Hell. What an outdated concept. Okay, well, it may be an outdated concept today, but wait till tomorrow <laughs> when you're visiting the the house of Yamaraj, and Yamaraj is saying, what have you been up to, mate? <laughs> oh, I don't know, nothing. Right, it's when you ask kids, teenagers, right? What's happening? Oh, nothing. Right? What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Right? No such thing as nothing. <laughs> right? There's always something going on. We're always doing something, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, you know. You cannot do nothing. 
For the, for the living entity, there is no such thing as doing nothing. <laughs> there's always something going on. And there's always reactions. We know that. From laws of physics, we know that. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. But it's happening on a much more subtle level. Right? This is our karma. This is why we suffer. Right? And this is why the Bhagavad time says, whoa, hang on, wake up. Wake up. That's why the devotee... Of course, Krishna does recommend in the Bhagavad Gita, don't disturb the minds of the ignorant. Right? So, you know, we could go out on the street, you know, like you see on the in Burke Street sometimes, in the mall, there are the... You see the, the, a particular faith's preachers, they stand there with a holy book and they wave at people and they tell them, you're all going to hell, right? And everybody just laughs. laughs. Uh, uh, so, so, you know, that, that tactic generally doesn't work. <laughs> So Krishna says, encourage them in acts of devotion. Right? And that's why we go and chant Hare Krishna. Right? On the streets. Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, because you know, the Sankirtan party, I mentioned this before many times, is not in the material world. This glorification of Krishna is actually in the mood of the residents of Vrindavan. Sankirtan, right? It's glorification of Radha and Krishna. Huh? And that's what the residents of Vrindavan do. Bhaktivinotaka, Yaso Mati Nandana. The song. So they're, they're always glorying, glorifying Radha and Krishna. So these are the these are the activity these are the activities of the Goswamis, Krishna Kirtanagana Natanaparo, right? And and that's the activities of the residents of Vrindavan. They're always chanting the glories of Krishna. And them they're doing that in the mood, many moods, right? But one of them is out of compassion for others, right? out of deep concern for others. And acting in ways that are beneficial for others, right? So this is Sankirtan. It's good for us, right? Because we get that direct connection with Krishna and with the spiritual world. When we're chanting Hare Krishna, we might be walking down Burke Street. Might look like we're walking down Burke Street, but actually we're not in. We're in Vaikuntha. We're in the spiritual world, and you feel it. You You know, there's a certain point. In a, in a Sankirtan where you're just not in the material world anymore. And you see that. There's chanting, there's dancing, there's calling out, there's, there's, ext there's, there's prema, prema bhakti. Prema is readily accessible. This is, this is, the, this is the, the shakti, if you like, of chanting Hare Krishna is such that it is a direct connection to prema, right? Prema bhakti. 
uh, even for people who are not practicing. You know, they see the devotees chanting Hare Krishna and they become happy too. They're elevated, you see it. Devotees are happy and then everybody around them is tapping their feet. You know, sometimes you see it. A young child will just be transfixed in front of the Sankirtan party and just tapping their feet. (laughs) And you see the parents looking at the child and they're just blown out. Like, whoa, look at that guy. He's just into the kirtan, right? And of course they are too. And it's because the devotees are absorbed and out of that comes the, the bhakti shakti, right? It's bhakti. It's an expression of bhakti. Many things. This is why the, you know, the process of bhakti is bewildering for, you know, for everybody almost because it's like, whoa, what, what is happening here? And you see that in, a, in, a, in the Sankirtan experience for everybody. And the Bhagavatam says that. You know, for the people who are practicing, but all those, all the, also those who are witnessing it as it has potency. So, you know, Prabhupada says it, the only religious principle is to follow the orders of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that's what we're doing for the Kali Yuga. Harinama, 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 Eva Kevalam, Kolo, Nasjeva, 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 Katiranyata. So, uh, don't do that or ignore it or deny it, reject it, which is atheistic, then the Bhagavatam says, um, go and have a look at the um, chapter 26 of the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam and just check things out there. But, you know, we we don't promote that. I've, I've experienced it actually. You know, when I first joined a temple, then there'd, there'd be somebody in the temple who would want to describe to you the, hell, the you know the description of the hellish planets. You know, they want to tell they want to tell you that the Earth is flat, right? <laughs> and they and do you know that you know here's where you go if you don't, and they kind of freak you out with with all this weird kind of stuff, right? From the Bhagavatam, but it's better not to do that. Just encourage people to chant Hare Krishna, read the books, certainly, but basics, start with the basics, you know, perfect questions, perfect answers, you know, or higher taste or coming back, you know, some some introduction to basic principles huh? so, that, so that people get a higher taste. Not that we beat them over the head with here's all the suffering that you 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 meat eating kami demons are gonna experience if you don't surrender to what I tell you to do. Right? It's more a domineering kind of a, a attitude or mentality to, to one out of you know, compassion. Compassion means being concerned about the welfare of others, not disturbing them, right? Not disturbing people. There's a, I guess there's a certain, there's a certain um, pleasure out of disturbing people. <laughs> you get some pleasure out of disturbing people. But that's not for their benefit and it's not really for yours. It's selfish. Uh, so 
uh, Prabhupada, and, and it's interesting, Prabhupada encouraged people, follow your own religion. We don't tell people to give up religion. We encourage them in acts of devotion. If they can't chant Hare Krishna, follow the principles of uh, recommended by Rupa Goswami, Lord Chaitanya, you know, the Vedic process, Dhamam tu shakshat bhagavat pranitam, that which is given to us by the Lord, authorised in an authorised system, in an authorised process, then follow your own process. Prabhupada would encourage people to do that. But not, you know, if you don't follow your process, you're going to hell. Okay, okay we know that, but we want to encourage people. Bring them to the to the the positive, right? Jyoti, what is it? Tamasi ma jyotir gama, right? Bring people out of ignorance, out of the darkness, into the light. Right? So you know, we know the description of the hellish planets is not everybody's favourite topic. <laughs> it's not. It's hellish, <laughs> of course. It's hellish. <laughs> and behave in a way that creates a hellish situation for others? Sure, look out. Here's what you'll get in return. But for the devotees, that's... And if we can help it out of compassion for others, we'll create an environment where the positive engagement of devotional service and devotional... Practice. So, you know, what do we do? We chant Hare Krishna to en enthuse people and they get enthused by the Harinam party. And book distribution, which is really, you know, distributing knowledge, transcendental knowledge. You're not the body, you're a spirit soul. Engage in the activities of the, of the spirit, not of the material. Or at least balance the two so that the material serves the spiritual. Then your life becomes progressive. This is what we encourage. This is what Brahmanas do, is give knowledge and, and share their realisations. And um, we distribute prasadam, you know, out of compassion for others here. Honour food that is sanctified by the uh, sacrifice of, and it's a pretty difficult sacrifice, right? really hard, just offer everything to Krishna. And Prabhupada was asked, you know, how do we offer, you know, we're on travelling Sangatana, we're travelling, what do we do? You know, how do we offer? And Prabhupada said, um, just chant Sharirara Vijayal prayers. That's offered. Everything's offered. Right? So pretty hard. Even my, even my family, in my family, before a meal, every meal, my father used to say, uh, a form of offering. Huh? Of course, sometimes unofferable, but it's that understanding that ultimately everything that we have, everything that we so-called own, actually doesn't belong to us. It comes from God. Well, very simple. 
Uh, and that process then sanctifies the food, purifies the food. So, okay, there may be some reactions for, you know, um, killing a carrot or a cauliflower or, a, you know, beans and seeds and whatever. Minimal, minimal. And by offering that in a mood of appreciation, and of course this is, a, this is a problem in this day and age. People just don't believe in God. They just, it's like, does God exist? Really? Isn't that another antiquated idea? Huh? But uh, we encourage them, we remind them here, have a cauliflower pakora with tomato chutney. This will remind you that God exists. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Prabhupada says here, you know, if, if, if a person follows no religious principles, he's no better than an animal. So animals need guidance. You know, they need to be managed, controlled even. And uh, here's how Krishna does it. This is his system. Right? Misbehave, you get the stick. Right? Animals generally understand that's one argument they understand is a big stick. <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish here. Um, needless to say, we should chant Hare Krishna and serve Krishna following the recommendations, the rules and regulations given by Rupa Goswami. And which Prabhupada has really enshrined in the Hare Krishna movement. He really, you know, that's what Prabhupada's done. And um, that way we'll be following. Dharmam tu shakshat bhagavat pranitam. Rupa Goswami understood the mind of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And so therefore um, he wrote books like the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu to um, show us how to live effectively yeah that's what we should follow uh, any comments or questions thoughts Those who commit a, a, a criminal activity yes, and, and they're punished here. Yes. Are they released from the sin? Yeah. <laughs> um, look, ideally they, yes. That's why the king follows, you know, Shastra like the Manu Samhita or whatever that, you know, that outlines the various punishments for different crimes. Then that's to alleviate them of any future suffering. You know, the, the criminal thinks, oh, what are you punishing me for? But the king, an enlightened king or an enlightened administrator, knows, look, I'm punishing you so that you don't have to receive 
future punishment in, in hell. That's the understanding behind it. Of course, you know, in this day and age, the criminal is a criminal still and you punish him and he still goes and behaves like an animal. So, you know, um, there needs to be a reformer, there needs to be reformatory processes. Effective reform is required to relieve a, an individual of the urge because it's not just the fact that one has committed a sin, you know, has committed a sinful activity effectively, right? In, in whatever form. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rectification or there's a, there's a punishment for that. But rectification is not complete because the desire to exploit and to commit the same crime again and you see that, the, a criminal is caught, is punished, goes to jail, comes out and just does the same thing. So where's the benefit of that? Right? So there needs to be an effective rectification as well. And, um, you know, effectively that's only going to happen by purification. And, um, you know, punishment... It, it has a, an effect, but it's, it may not be fully uh, cleansing, if you like, because the desire still remains. And so that's where, that's where chanting Hare Krishna is, is the practice for cleansing the heart of these urges, right? That's part of the problem, is... The desires still remain. We need to purify the desire. And we need a process by which we can purify the desire. That's where chanting Hare Krishna is very effective because it changes our desire from serving ourselves to serving Krishna. Oh, excuse me. Ooh, anything else? Anything from you, Zach? You're cool? Okay. No, he's right. Kantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Sala Prabhupada ki jai, Gora Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Hare Krishna, Dhamada Bhakta ki jai.